0: Well, let's get to the main event this morning. Brother Willie, if you would join me up here, i tell you what, uh, Pastor Troy said this of you. He said, he's a friend of mine, and you. he said uh, that he had a smile that would go from one end of the stage to the other. And I'm just glad that God brought this little guy to us. Little guy, but he's got a great big old word to deliver for us. He is the small group's pastor at Life Point up in Clarksville, and uh, do you know how special that church is to us. And uh, we've already, he's already said, I'm just Cousin Willie. We've made him a part of the church already, and, and so we just, uh, we're glad you're here today, brother. Man, take your liberty in the word and bless us again. Y'all give him a warm weapon this morning. Love you, brother. Hey, good morning, Victory Church. How we doing today? Huh? We doing good? Awesome. Hey, like uh, Pastor Chris said, my name is Willie, and I get to serve on staff as the small groups pastor at uh, Life Point Church. Thank you so much, Chris. God bless you, brother. Hey, y'all give it up for Chris. He is, he is such an amazing servant. Seriously, man. I mean, I just thank God. He's, he's, I feel like you're my dad. Can I call you Papa? I need the keys. I got... So yeah, like Chris said, I, I, I serve on staff there at Life Point Church where uh, our lead pastors, pastors Mike and Stephanie, they send their greetings and their love for you all. They have uh, really just been championing you and, and cheering you guys on as God has done some amazing things. You guys are celebrating is, is it almost a year here uh, a little over a year in your new location? Can we give God praise for that? It's awesome uh, Again, Pastors Troy and Darla love them dearly. I met uh, Troy about two years ago at a pastor's roundtable in Clarksville, and we just, we hit it off, we connected instantly, and we just became like brothers. So when, whenever you see us, just call us Ebony and Ivory, baby, you know what I'm saying? I just love them dearly. Uh, before I move on again, I got to give honor where honor is due. Thank the Lord again for being here with you. I want to salute my lovely bride, Carolyn. Uh, we've been together 23 years as a couple, and uh, I just thank God for you, baby. I love you. And uh, God has blessed us with two wonderful children. Our daughter Destiny is 13, and our son Trey is 11. And listen, they they keep your boy moving, you know what I'm saying? They keep me moving. Okay, how many folks here love playing video games? Or used to play video games or heard of video games? Okay. So I'm the son of a veteran. My my dad was in the Army for 25 years, so shout-out to our armed forces. Love y'all. Thank you. Thank you for your service. So when we were stationed on Fort Campbell... Uh, one, one of my best friends, his name was Quentin Millhouse. And Quentin, he was, he, he was a nerd, let's just put it what it is, he was a nerd, he was always into the games, he wasn't athletically gifted like me, you know, I'm an all-star, record setter. I ain't say which records, but uh, he loved playing video games. And so one day, like, he calls me up and he's like, hey man, I got the new uh, Super Nintendo. You guys remember Super Nintendo? Listen, had your PlayStation, Xbox, that's cute. I love the Super Nintendo, you know what I'm saying? Get you two extra buttons and all that. So he's, he's like, hey man, can you come over? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So me and my, I have a younger brother, named is Wayne. We begged our mom, mom, can we go stay tonight at Quentin's house, we'll be good, we'll be good. Knowing I'm lying through my teeth. You never do that, you be, we be good, we be good. So it was me and my brother Wayne, my buddy Quentin, his brother Junior, then one of my best friends, his name was Darius, so we called him DJ, and we're all at his house. And the way the house was, it was like a split level, so we're upstairs, parents are downstairs, it's late at night, it's during the summer, so we're just chilling. And in one of their guest rooms, they had this huge California king bed, and so that's where we're just hanging out, watching them play this game. You know how, like, when you're playing a video game, and you be on that one level where you get, real, you, get you just get stuck, you don't know how to beat it, right? Like, I couldn't beat, you know, Cooper, I couldn't beat the Bowser dude, you know what I'm saying? He'd hit me with the fire, and i am be like, man, so Quentin was like, man, I know how to beat him, so we're watching. Baited breath, you know what I mean? We're in elementary school, so this is like our Super Bowl. You know, we're like, okay, is Quinn gonna beat the Cooper Trooper? I don't know, okay, he, yeah, he got the mushroom, okay. Oh, he got the flower so he can throw fire, okay. Is he gonna do it? He's at the bridge. Okay, he got the axe. He threw the axe. Oh, he just beat Cooper Trooper. Y'all give it up, he beat him. We jumping up and down on the bed. Yeah, he did it. We jumping up, boom, boom, boom. Now it's a wonder we ain't woke up the parents yet, you know what I'm saying? So we jumping up and down, yeah, he did it, he did it. And all of a sudden we hear crunch. Yeah, uh-oh. So we look back in the rear corner of the bed and it's down on the floor. Yeah, uh-oh. So we looking, we panicking. Now I'm the oldest one in the group, so you know, I'm, I got to be the ring leader. I'm like, hey guys, I got it, it's easy. We're just gonna get some blankets, get some pillows, some comforters, we're gonna put it up under the corner. They'll never know. They'll they'll never know. I'm a genius. They don't ever clean up here. They don't even know where this room is in here. They'll never know. So that's what we do, right? We're like Santa's little elves. We're out here just, you know, putting the stuff underneath the bed. In the midst of doing that, we hear another crunch. Now the front corner of the bed is on the floor. Now I ain't no engineer. And I don't think the bed is supposed to look like that. So I'm like, don't worry. Get some more blankets. Get some more. They had a lot of blankets. I don't know why. Put some more up underneath that. So we're doing, again, I'm feeling like a genius. I'm like, I'm the smartest dude in the world. Bill ain't got nothing on me, right? In the midst of doing that, the middle of the bed goes crunch. Now I'm like, okay, we ain't got no more blankets. We ain't got no more towels. We ain't got no, so, so now, now, now we're starting to panic, right? And we're arguing, well, it was your fault. You were jumping, you're, you you got the biggest head, you're the one that was over here doing like yes. <laughs> That's a mutiny, right? And I'm like, shh, everybody be quiet. Just listen, just give me a chance to think, right? So it's just whisper quiet. And then in the in the quiet of the evening, I hear <laughs> look over, and Quentin's younger brother, Junior, just starts crying. I'm like, oh Lord, this ain't good. He's crying. So so now, now we got to deal with a broken bed, and now we got a kid crying, right? And parents, where are my parents at? Raise your hands. Where are my parents at? Hey, what happens when you tell a kid who's crying to be quiet? What do they do? <laughs> <laughs> I want my mommy. Lord have mercy. Just like Jurassic Park, like a baby Velociraptor calling out for his mama. So now, now, now we're in trouble because now we're here. Right, you know, you know that sound. Mama's coming up the stairs. It's three in the morning, so she does not have the joy of the Lord with her. She left that on the front porch. So I immediately start diving for cover, cause I'm like, ain't no way in the world. So she kicks it open. What in the what's going on? Oh, my bed, you broke my bed. We just got this thing. We just prayed for it. I can't believe y'all did this. I'm trying to go inside. I'm calling your mama right now. I'm like, no, please, just call to jail. Let me go to jail. Please, anything. Just come on. Just take me to jail. I don't want to see mama. Come on. Raise your hand if you fear your mama more than you fear the the sheriff. Huh? Just take me to jail. Let the sheriff be my daddy. I live there. I work there. Whatever I need to do. We are freaking out. So the next day, of course, had the parents meeting, and they decide, you know what? We're going to have to pay off these damages for this California king for over the summer. And so we start to do chores around the house. Now, I ain't talking about no little, little, little piddly chores like mowing the grass, doing the dishes. No, 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 we was working, working. Okay, I'm hanging drywall. I'm putting up shingles on the roof. I'm nine years old. Got a jackhammer, you know what I'm saying? We laying concrete, I'm pulling a driveway, my God. We working, working. Y'all, that was my first small group. Can I tell y'all that? We was called the delinquents. Anyway, how many of us know, though, life is so much more fun when you do it with other people, right? Listen, we got in trouble, but we did everything together as friends, okay? Why, because we knew that life was better together. And if we're honest, all of us have fond memories of doing life together. You know, certain events, whether they're weddings, graduations, births, vacations, and what makes those things more fun is when you do them with other people, amen? So that's why I've titled today's message, The Power of Building Community. Everybody say community. Come on, say it again. Say community. Community. See, God understands the power of community. And why is that? Well, it's because he himself, he is communal. Amen? See, the Bible says in Genesis, we hear that God says, let us make man in our image. Right? He says, let us. That is plural majestic. He's talking about the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because God is Trinitarian, we can see this played out really in the life of Jesus. He constantly highlighted the nature of his relationship with God the Father. We have in Matthew 3, he says the Father is pleased with the Son. In Matthew 11, he says the Father knows the Son. In, Ma- in John eight twenty eight, it says the Father teaches the Son. In John eight thirty eight, it says that the Son speaks what he's heard from the Father. And in John 10, it says the Father loves the Son. Notice that relational language that you hear between God the, God the Son and God the Father. But then Jesus further illustrates his relationship with the Holy Spirit as well to really close the loop on this Trinitarian nature of God. In Matthew 3.16, it says the Spirit rested on the Son when he was baptized. In Matthew 4, it says the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness after he was baptized. In Luke 4, we read that Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to start his ministry in Galilee. In John 15, we read that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and is sent by the Son. And then in John 16, we read that the Spirit speaks what he's heard from the Son. So you can see God himself is communal. Amen? Over and over again, we just see this dynamic of relationship among the persons in the Godhead. And because we've been made in the image of God, we, therefore, are communal beings. We were not created to do life alone, victory family, okay? We're, we're not created to be like wandering orphans. No, God created us to be sons and daughters, sisters and brothers, okay? We're family now, okay? Like like Pastor Chris said, y'all call me Cousin Willie. We family, okay? Now, I'm going to be that cousin that's always borrowing money, and then I'm always going to pay you next week. Every time you see, I got you next week, doc. All of us would agree, at least in theory, that community is vital. We would agree with that, but I'm not sure if we value the power of community. And what I mean by that is we know that it is good for us to do life with others. We believe the old adage that two is better than one, but I don't know if we pursue that as an ideal in our Lives Victory family. See, we may believe that community is good for others, but we may not believe that it's meant for us. So I'm gonna talk today about a man named Paul, understood the value of community so much that when he arrived in a new city, he he would often seek other believers before even seeking to share the gospel. Why? Because he knew that the love, support, and encouragement of fellow Christians would help fuel his resolve to remain focused on the mission of God to what? Seek and save the law. So since you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And as you're turning, I want to set the scene for you, okay? So here we have the Apostle Paul. He's following up with the church in Thessalonica, okay? He helped to plant this church, and you can read about that in the book of Acts, specifically in chapter 17. He sets up the church there in Thessalonica, and the result is that Christianity explodes. You have hundreds of Jews who are living there. They come to faith in Christ, so we praise God for that. But there was a group that was opposed to the gospel, so they stirred up division in the city, and actually cause the people there in the city to riot. How many of you know, whenever God is on the move, the devil is not far behind. He's always gotta stir up some mess, right? So Paul and Silas, they chunk up the deuces. They're like, hey, we gotta get up out of here or we're gonna die. So they they flee the city. So this letter that Paul is writing to the Thessalonian church is a check-in. He's he's seeing how they're doing since he first helped to plant this church. He's concerned about their welfare and make sure that they're remaining faithful To the gospel. You see, in Thessalonica, there were 25 temples to different deities. Thessalonica was a a port city, so it was a nexus, it was a hub for a lot of commerce and trade. So, as people brought their business, they also brought their religion there, too. So, you had temples to at least 25 different gods, including Zeus, Athena, Apollo, Artemis, Aphrodite, Dionysus, and even the Roman emperor himself was worshipped as a god. So Paul is wanting to make sure that this fledgling church was remaining faithful to Jesus and to his mission, okay? So I want to real quick just review three points with you today in regards to building community. The first one is this. We must see our need for community, amen? You have to see your need for community. So let's start here at verse 8. First, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 He says, So being affectionately desirous of you, We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. So I want you to notice how Paul has his heart shine through in his greeting to this young church. He says our love pushed past evangelism. It pushed past even discipleship. We're wanting to do life together with you in community. Everybody say community. See, it wasn't enough to just share the message with them. They wanted to share life with them. So for Paul and his friends, the Thessalonian believers, they weren't just a pit stop on the way to bigger and better things. As busy as Paul was, he understood that these Christians had the same spirit in them, and he wanted to connect with them in life-giving relationship and community. Again, this is Paul we're talking about people, okay? He raised folks from the dead. He healed people. He saw thousands saved. A demon even name-dropped him in the same sentence with Jesus. I mean, this is Paul we're talking about. But yet he understood the immense value of doing life with others. You see, even our Lord and Savior Jesus saw the need for community. Check out what he says here in John 15. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you what? Friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you think about that for a sec, you have Jesus Christ, second person of the Trinity, the one who has existed for all of eternity. He's the one who spoke the world into the cosmos, the one who walked on top of the water, the one who banished demons, healed sickness, raised people from the dead. That same God calls you friend. He calls you friend. Makes me want to sing that song by Israel. I am a friend. Uh. Y'all know that song? Y'all don't know? Okay. I thought y'all knew it. So... What do we believe here at Victory? We believe at Victory Church that small groups are God's ordained way of shaping us more and more into the image of Christ. And using us, come on family, to advance the kingdom of heaven and to plunder hell. See, the church has to get big. It has to get large. Why? Because heaven and hell are real. But the church has to grow small because people matter. Can I say that again? The church must grow large. Pastor Mike says this all the time. The church must grow large because heaven and hell are real. They are are realities. But it must grow small because Jesus died for people. He didn't die for a building. He didn't die for a program. He didn't die for a religion. But he died for you, 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 and me. Amen? So when we understand our need for community, we'll do the second thing, which is we'll do what it takes to build community. Everybody say community. Community. So you got to build it which means that we have to be intentional. Amen? So remember, Paul, he can't physically go back to Thessalonica because he's going to be killed if he tries to return. But he does express to the believers there how much he wants to see them again. Let's check out verse 17 here in 1 Thessalonians 2. But since we were torn away from you brothers for a short time, check this out, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. Notice that relational language that Paul is using. He uses words like torn away. He he really loves these, these young believers and he understands that they're in the midst of spiritual turmoil, that they are really sort of like aliens in a, in a foreign land, right? That they are really like a a sore thumb sticking out. No one else, there's no other faith system there like Christianity. And Paul wants to make sure that they're remaining firm in their faith. And check out what he says in verse 18. He says, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. Even the devil himself will try to sow division in the body of Christ. Right? This is why Paul says, I will not have you be ignorant of Satan's devices. Can I just tell you this? If you're in conflict with someone, even right now, can I tell you this? That they're not your enemy. The enemy is your enemy. Can I say that again, Pastor Chris? Hey, listen, listen, seriously. If you're in conflict with the spouse, with the child, with the with the boss, with the coworker, with the neighbor, they are not your enemy. Why? Because they're made in the image of God. The enemy is your enemy. Some of you guys need to get on your knees instead of getting in someone's face. Anyway, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna preach my notes. In spite of all this, though, Paul maintained his passionate desire to be surrounded by community. You see, his passion led him to be creative and think about how to reconnect with these new believers in Thessalonica. Check out chapter one verse, chapter three, verse one. He writes, therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy. Paul says, I'm gonna stay here, and I'm gonna send a brother for you. He says, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ. To do what? What's he there to do? Establish and exhort you in your faith. Guys, that's the power of community right there. Exhortation. Being built up. Being girded up. Being encouraged. Being reminded that you're not alone. Amen? That no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. You see that Paul, so desperate to reconnect with this church that he sent someone else physically to go there. So we got to remember Thessalonica is extremely hostile to these Jewish believers who have become Christ followers. And so since Timothy was Greek, Paul figured that he would have a much better chance of being able to move through the town to connect with his church. So Paul himself let uh, creativity fuel his passion in building community. He let nothing, not even the devil himself, stop him. My question to you, Victory Family... Are you as passionate about building community as the Apostle Paul was? Or do you let the same tired excuses keep you stagnant in your spiritual growth? Are you willing to upset the routine of your life and allow someone to step into the blessing of community with you? Question, who do you know right now that you can start a small group with? Everybody say a you, uh, so everybody say, a you and a who. That's all a small group is. You and a Who? So find a him or a her and start a group today. Amen? Like I said earlier, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they live in vibrant relationship with each other. So how much more should we seek it, Victory Family? When we prioritize community in our lives, we'll do the last thing, and that is lean into the blessing of community. Everybody say community. Say community. We cannot do life alone. Amen? God placed within us an innate desire to connect with others in real meaningful ways. So there are two huge blessings when it comes to community. Blessing number one is spiritual protection. Everybody say protection. Say protection. How many of you know the enemy's tactic is to isolate and then what? Assassinate. Isolate and then assassinate. You guys remember watching National Geographic? And, you know, you see the documentaries. You know, they were uh, narrated by that British guy, David Attenborough. And (laughs) here we have the herd of wildebeest (laughs) on the Serengeti. And the lioness is waiting for a straggler to leave the herd before she pounces. I just love that voice. I'm going to set that to be my voicemail. So when y'all call me, Willie Simpson is not able to come to the phone. Please leave. Y'all know I'm crazy. But we know that it's harder to fight when you're by yourself. Amen? So the enemy's goal is to get you alone because he knows that's when you're most vulnerable. Where is the battle fought for the believer? In the mind. Right? And guess what? When you are in a fight by yourself, you can't trust what you think. You can't trust what you tell yourself. Can I say that? You can't trust what you think, and you can't trust what you tell yourself. Amen? It's called spiritual darkness for a reason. He wants to keep you in the dark. And when you are by yourself, you're more likely to be in the dark. Amen? And, and Paul knew this. So this is why Paul sent Timothy to connect with these believers. Check it out, verses 4 and 5. He says, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand. He's letting them know, hey, because you're a Christ follower, what did he say? You're going to suffer affliction because you say yes to Jesus. Just as it has come to pass— and just as you know, right, so he's letting him know, you're gonna, just like I've suffered, you're going to suffer. He says, for this reason, when I could bear it no longer, he's saying, I was so concerned about you that I sent to what? Learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. Hey, guys, when's, when's the last time somebody checked in on you? Hey, how good does it feel when you know somebody has your back? Hey, who in here has served in the military, active duty or, or retired? Raise your hand. Come on. Raise them high. Hey, can we give it up for our, our service personnel? Seriously. Hey, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Again, my dad was there for 25 years. Thank God. Hey, one of the most comforting words you can hear on those comms is, I've got your six. I got, it means I got your back. How good does it feel to know when you go through, not if, hey, I said when. Right? Jesus said in John 16, in this life you will have trouble? How good does it feel to know that somebody's got your back? Spiritually, right? How good does it feel get a text or, or a phone call? Hey, brother, just want you to know I was thinking about you. I'm praying for, hey, sis, I know things are hard right now, but they will get better. Right now, if you, right now, if you had a life-changing event, a life-challenging event, who would be the first person you call? If the answer is no one, we can fix that today. Yeah, Amen? Yeah. But we don't just need protection from spiritual attack. We need protection from ourselves. We need protection from stupid. Can I? Anybody need a, anybody ever been a victim of stupid before? Huh? Come on, come on. My sister in Christ is going to be honest with me. Thank you. Lord bless her with a double grace. I'm just saying, there are times in our lives when we want to do stupid things and we want to lean into the flesh, and it's good to know that we got somebody to say, hold on, Willie, don't do that. You just started that job. You can't go cussing everybody out. Your benefits ain't kicked in yet. Right? We need protection from ourselves. We can't always trust what we think. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Sometimes you have to have a different set of eyes help you with a situation. Hey, I want to send this email. I'm really upset. Would you read it? I got a draft. Would you read it first? Willie, if you send that, you're going to be fired yesterday. Hey, if you say it that way, yeah, you're going to completely ruin the friendship. Thank you appreciate that. So, let's look at another blessing of community, and it's comfort. Everybody say comfort. comfort. Check out verse 6. This is what Paul writes. He says, but now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love. So, he's checking in on him. So, now Timothy's gone to Thessalonica. Now, he's going back to wherever Paul is. Okay, Paul's kind of making his way to Rome because he's like, God's called me to Rome, so he's making his way there. So, now, so now Timothy's coming back to where Paul is, And he says, he's brought us the goodness of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us. So now Paul is like, not only does he know that he wants to see them, but they want to see him. Like, how how good does it feel like when you walk into somebody's home or you walk into a room and somebody, hey, what's good? Willie's here. Right? You don't want the other reaction of, oh, Lord, Willie's here. Anybody know people like that? Now, if they're in the room, don't elbow them, okay? We'll just meet me in the lobby. We'll pray for them, okay? But that's the blessing of community is that you, listen, listen, you not only desire a relationship with others, but they desire it with you. It's nice to feel wanted, right? Because we're in the body of Christ. We're a family. The, body's, the Bible says one body, many members, amen? So Paul is encouraged. And notice what he says. He says, they have been comforted. He, this is what he says. He says, As long as as we long to see you for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, so Paul is being afflicted just like the church is, we have been comforted about you through your faith. He says through your faith. Now, this is Paul. Again, he is like a super apostle. Paul wrote one-third of the New Testament. Half of what he wrote, he wrote in jail. Okay? And he's saying, I'm comforted by your faith. I want to key in on the phrase your faith. He didn't say his faith. He didn't say the pastor's faith. He said your faith. How many people today would be comforted by your faith? Hey, hey, he didn't say your knowledge. He didn't say your seminary degree. He didn't say your perfect life. He said your faith. Your faith. Can I just encourage you today, there are people right now who need to hear about the goodness of Christ from you. They're right outside your window, right outside of your window, right outside of your office, right outside your door, sitting next to you in class. They work next to you at your job. And all they need to hear about is your faith. Well, Willie, I don't, I, I don't have a seminary degree. It's your faith that's going to show people to Jesus, well, Willie, I, listen, I don't have a perfect life. It ain't about you. It's about Christ. Well, Willie, my faith is weak. You have a strong Christ. Really, my faith is small. He said you can have faith the size of a mustard seed. Come on, I'm preaching here better than you. Amen. And it isn't about you. It's about the Christ who changed you. Would you do me a favor today, Victory Family, and tell people about your faith in that Christ? Can I encourage you today? It isn't your life. It is your changed life through Jesus that draws people to him. Amen? Amen? So I want to encourage you today. The Bible says in Proverbs 17:17. 17, 17, that a brother or sister is born for adversity. Can I say that again? God created you, hear me, hear me, to be an answered prayer for someone right now. Did you, did you, you, never, you never thought of yourself that way. You're an answered prayer for someone right now. Will you go and be the answer? Just go and be the answer. Call them up, text them. Hey, let's get together this week. You've been on my mind, you've been on my heart. I just want to see how you're doing. It is so easy for us to get wrapped up and caught up. I'm off my notes, Chris. I'm sorry. It's so easy for us to get wrapped up and caught up in what we got going on in our lives, that you forget the power of Christ that resides in you. Hey, can, can, I, can I encourage you with something? God's business is people. Go, go read Luke 15. He tells three, Jesus tells three stories. And in Hebrew literature, if you hear something three times, it's of utmost importance. Lost coin, lost sheep, lost son. People matter to God. Can I say that again? People are God's business. Can I just prophetically say, if you'll start handling God's business, he'll handle. Can I say it to you, Scout? If you'll just start handling God's business, he'll handle your business. If you would speak life into another marriage, watch him. If you would just pray for someone else's healing, if you would pray for someone else's financial break, I'm preaching I'm just saying if we would just get on a mission for God and focus on the needs of others, we can trust that God will meet our need because my Bible tells me he's not a respecter of persons. So would you, Victory Church, rise to the occasion and be an answer prayer for someone else today? Amen? Now listen, I'm all about next steps. I don't want to give you guys some teaching and don't give you something to do with it. I got two easy next steps for you. First one, everybody say, reach up. Yeah. Say, reach up. Yeah. So listen, if you struggle with community because you have trust issues, you might say, Willie, hey, man, everything you said sound really good. That Nintendo story was hilarious. It's the funniest joke I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but you really struggle with trust because of, because of uh, trauma, because of abuse. Um, can I invite you to, to surrender that to the Lord today? Like you got to let him heal that, and let me let me say this. Let me say this because it's an easy excuse. Um, do not hold God accountable for the actions of His children. We put our trust in God, not in man. And if we're not careful, uh, we will grow to love and dare I even say worship the pain. Hey, this feels good to be hurt. It feels good to be a victim. It's scary. When you, listen, when you have a victim mindset, hear me, victory is actually offensive to you. So can you just invite God in this moment, in this space, to just heal you of that mindset? You have to forgive them. But really, I can't. Yes, you can. You can do it by God's grace. You can do it with the whole—you you can forgive them. And forgive them doesn't mean that you forget. But You know what it means? Hey, it means that you don't make yourself judged, you're an executioner. Because here's the thing, guys, here's the thing. If we can't walk in freedom, then how can we ever expect others to do so? You can't preach about something that you don't know about. You can't share something you haven't experienced. David said, oh, taste and what? See that the Lord is good. Would you reach up today to the Lord and say, God, heal me of my trust issues. Would you, God, would you bring people in my life that I can trust? you gotta believe that God wants it for you even more than you do, amen? Second, second, everybody say reach out. So on the edges, on the tops of the seats there in front of you, there's a little QR code. We just scan that QR code. Do it right now. Everybody take your phones out. Take your smartphone. Take out your dumb phone. I want you to scan that QR code. And you're gonna be taken to a link where you can join or lead a small group. I believe everybody in here, God's called you to leave. When you may say, well, well I'll, I'll pray about it. I'll think about it. I'll get back to you next week. Pastor Mike says it like this. Whenever you make say that phrase, it's Christianese for, I'm not going to do it. I'll pray about it. When do you ever have to pray about the will of God? It's right there in the Word. God calls us to what? Go and make disciples. You don't need to pray about obeying God. I don't need to pray about remaining faithful to my wife. Okay, God, let me see if I'm going to remain faithful to Carolyn. No! I obey. I just do it. Can I tell you today, like Nike, just do it. Don't pray about it. No, here's your answer. God has sent me to to tell you, just do it. Join the group. Get in community. Okay? Pastor Chris Hodges, who's Pastor Mike's mentor, he says it like this. He says, you're only as healthy as your secrets. If you're the only one to know about what you got going on, you're in the wrong. And we are saved to be sent. The, apostle, the word apostle, apostello in Greek, it means to be sent. We are saved to be sent. Paul asked this question in Romans 10, how can they believe unless they've heard? How can they hear unless somebody tells them? How can, how can somebody tell unless they are sent? Victory family, God is sending you out to the highways and the byways. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the ends of the earth. Can I tell you, Antioch, Tennessee is the ends of the earth. God will do what you are unable to do. He won't, okay, you can't save people, you can't change people, but he will not do what you're unwilling to do. Can I say that again? He will do what you're unable to do, but he won't do what you're unwilling to do. He won't pick up the phone, he won't send the text, he won't open the, do the invite or open the door. He already did all the work 2,000 years ago. It's time for us to work. Amen? Why, 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 why? Because heaven and hell are real, and lost people matter. Heaven and hell are spiritual realities. People die and go there every day, and lost people matter. Amen? Amen? Can we lift up our hands in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us today. First and foremost, we're thankful for the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for washing us clean, making us brand new, for forgiving our debt, a debt we could not pay. And Lord, thank you for allowing us to join you on mission, seeking, saving the lost. Now, if there's anybody in this room today under the sound of my voice who says, Willie, I've been running from God. You've talked about community, and I feel like I'm lost. I feel like I'm an orphan. I feel like I've run from God. I'm not connected with God. I'm distant from God. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. Just lift your hand up. Just raise your hand. That's all I want you to do. Say, God, I just want to reconnect with the Lord today. I just want to reconnect with God. Thank you, sister. Thank you, brother. I want, you, I want everybody under the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I run back to you. Come on, say, I run back to you with your arms outstretched. Say, I receive your salvation. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, change me. Say, I'm all in. Say, I will spend the rest of my life living for you and telling everyone that I know about the wonderful God who's changed my life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let us engage in worship, family.